Happy birthday, Ultimate Podcast Network family. Celebrating eight years in 2021 are bringing you the listener free broadcasts on topics that are family friendly. There are podcasts on homeschooling, kids, family life, and success over struggles. There are podcasts on rekindling your romance, household management, organization, health issues, techie skills, and podcasts on every academic subject that will help you in your journey. And there's more. I want to give a shout out to the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network podcasters. They work hours and hours to bring you these broadcasts for free. And how can you thank them? Well, it's easy. One, subscribe to their channel. You can do this on any podcast app. Two, give this podcast a star rating on your favorite podcast app, as well as comment on the website. Three, share this episode and the network with a friend. And thank you, our listeners. You've kept us on the air for many years and millions of downloads. Also, I invite you to sign up for our easing that comes out weekly with freebies each month for subscribers only, as well as a list of all the podcasts you won't want to miss. You can find this podcast as well as others on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.com. And happy birthday! Enjoy this upcoming presentation and God bless. Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Neary. Hey everybody, it is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy, and I'm here once again with Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I have a special guest today. I'm here with my fifth child, my third daughter, Hannah Nearing. Hey, Hannah. Hi, how's it going? Good. I'm glad you're here with us. So I have invited you onto the show because we've been doing several podcasts on foreign language learning and you have kind of a unique language journey and I wanted you to Mm -hmm. share it with the listeners. One of the things we've been talking about a lot is how um, communication skills and creativity are going to be so important in this crazy technological world. We're all going to be living and working in like tomorrow. (laughs) And um, you have been learning how to learn languages. And I wanted you to share that with the listeners, because I think some of the information that you've shared with me that we've talked about on your language journey has been so fascinating. So before we jump into all that, you wanted to share with the listeners what your foreign language journey has been, because it's been a little unique. Yeah. So, um, 
when I was 15, I decided to learn a language a year for five years. So I am now 18. And so I'm on my third, third year, third language. Um, and I'm starting my fourth language this fall. So, um, so far I have learned, um, Hebrew, Spanish, and Chinese, and I am going to start learning, um, German and Russian. And, um, I studied Latin in like junior high, high school. And I think that really affected my decision to begin learning languages. And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And yeah. So that's kind of a unique goal for a 15 year old. (laughs) So, and tell us how, like, I have some ideas about the Latin study, but what, what do you think the Latin studies did for you as a junior high ninth grader, um, Latin learner? Um, it just kind of contextualized language. Like it put, so we use language daily, you know, we speak to each other. Right. Um, we have to communicate in order to do daily life, daily stuff. Um, but then learning Latin, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily for fluency because I mean, it's Latin. No one speaks. speaks There's a revival now though. People get together for camps once a year to speak Latin. I know, but is there slang? No, actual Latin. Yeah. Yeah. Is there Latin slang? Because if they don't have slang, they don't really have a language going on because it's not not morphing. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, you won't find me at those camps. So I don't know. I love teaching it. I love the grammar of it. I love the vocabulary, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's my limited Latin love. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like that, I mean, I think with Latin, it really put it into a context of learning language. Cause you don't, you don't really learn English as a child. I mean, you, you learn it intuitively. You yeah. learn it as like either speak or don't be understood. It's kind of like sink or swim. Right. But with the Latin, it was more like you have this opportunity. You have this area to explore and you're totally welcome to make mistakes because no one's going to speak it. It doesn't really matter. You can make as many mistakes as you want and you don't even pr- need to pronounce it right. I mean, it was, <laughs> It was completely, it was just like play. Like it was a sandbox of language. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was, it was very open. And, um, we started that pretty intensely and it, it kind of taught me a little bit how to learn. And it made me realize I can do language. Like language isn't this impossible thing. It's actually doable. Right. And so it really contextualized it and made it seem not so big. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it gave you the tools of language learning. And then at 15, I'm going to share this part of your story, but you can elaborate mm-hmm. if you want. You took a class that we offer at North Homeschool Academy called orienteering. And that is like a vocational exploration class. And you started really exploring what it meant to be a translator and somehow mm-hmm. your goals for learning so many languages and that class in my mind kind of meshed together, but maybe that's not how it was for you. I'm I'm not sure. That, that came after I already decided that, um, wasn't, yeah, that was, that was a year after I already decided to start doing that, but yeah. So why did you decide to learn five, five foreign languages? Um, well, I was going to become, I, I've always been interested in teeth. And so I was going to become a dentist and, um, 
then I realized, you know, that would mean having to be in somebody's mouth all the time and you wouldn't be able to know what kind of mouths they were. There was no like, if your mouth is clean, please come to me. If your mouth is not clean, don't come to me. It was, it would be completely random. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't really want to do that. And then I was considering becoming a lawyer and I decided it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a profession that probably isn't going to be, it, it's not going to be super needed. It's, it's kind of phasing out and it's becoming so petty at this point. It's, it's, it's about laws, not principles. No. It's, it's not living anymore. It's completely. Yeah. yeah. So, and I decided, you know, I didn't really want to do all that work and I didn't think I could do all that work. So, um, I decided what's something that's going to be around for a while. And that is interesting that I can do that's straightforward, but flexible. Mm. And, um, I knew that I could learn a language because of Latin and I'm like, well, how, how different can each language be? I mean, people are people everywhere. So, mm. you know, why not? And, um, yeah, so, and I started thinking, okay, it would be really cool if, um, somebody did like a language a year for five years challenge. Of course I would never do it, but you know, you know, there's smart people I'm sure somewhere out there in the world that would do it. And, um, then I was like, well, I might as well try it. I'm not doing anything else. So, um, plus I've always been interested in languages. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to learn pirate, but apparently that's not a real language. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you just took on this crazy challenge for yourself. Yeah. 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 So it actually that, that is kind of what really got us to expand our foreign language, um, class offerings at True North Homeschool Academy. So you've really been instrumental in that. And we do offer six of those languages, but you started three and a half, four years ago with Hebrew. Tell us about that. Why did you pick Hebrew? Um, well, it, I wanted to learn it since I was a kid. And one of the main reasons of it is I wanted to learn, I wanted to read the Bible in its original language because every pastor and, um, some of our rabbi friends are always like, Oh, you got to read the Bible in its original language. You know, these, these English ones are okay, but they're not like the real thing. Like you got to have the real thing. It's so amazing. Um, so that kind of perked my interest and, um, yeah. Plus when I was learning Latin, my brother told me, Oh, the Bible's written in Latin. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And then he told me later, no, it's actually not. So I don't know <laughs> what happened with that. He, he says it was a miscommunication. <laughs> I don't believe that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a huge draw. But as I learned, as I learned Hebrew, I began to love it for itself. Mm. Like, I began to realize, oh, this is a living thing. It's, it's changing. It's alive. It's, it is just, you could say it's just a tool, but it's, it's, it's changing. People use it and there's people behind that tool mm. and there's souls behind that tool that live and breathe and think. And that, that really, I think was like, the true mark in my language journey. Like it really, 
it really showed me how amazing it is to learn a language mm. because I can go literally to the other side of the world and speak to people yeah. who, who, who have this same love and that is Hebrew, but also have these other interests that are similar to mine. And it really, I guess it, it really sunk in what learning a language is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So you've been taking Hebrew all these years with a rabbi from Israel and it's really influenced our life and our home because we've done a lot of cultural studies and all sorts of the things associated with language learning. Um, and so that's been really fun for all the rest of us. So just, can you share a simple sentence in Hebrew? Is that putting you on the spot too much? Um, yeah. Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord our God. Yeah. The Shema. Awesome. Beautiful. Um, our Jewish friends in South Dakota are so proud of you because you have an Israeli accent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's a big thing too. Like if, if you learn a language and you speak in, in the accent, that means something to people. Like it's really important to people like French, French are renowned for being picky, but that's because you're on their turf and you, it, it's like playing with somebody else's heart. Like it's the language like, of the heart. Right. Right. It's their, it's their personal thing. It's like saying the Mona Lisa isn't that good. Yeah. It's, I mean, speaking in, in the accent, it's authentic, it's real. And it's, it's the soul of the language. Right. Yeah. Because it reminds you of, because when you hear any accent, it reminds you of, you know, the streets of Jerusalem and the, the Kinneret and it takes you there and it takes you to their home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. Okay. So you started learning Hebrew after Latin, you started learning Hebrew and then the next year you added Spanish. So you're, you've done Spanish for two years and you're doing it this summer. Tell us about Spanish. Spanish. Spanish is a ball of fun. (laughs) I personally think it's like getting on a Californian highway. Like you have to speed up. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as you start speaking Spanish, you know, you got to go fast, especially apparently if you're from Chile, you speak really fast. So, I mean, yeah. Um, And Spanish is really unique because it is literally spoken all over the world. I think it's even, it's spoken in the Philippines, it's spoken in Spain, Mm -hmm. all of Central America, all of South America, well, nearly all of South America. Mm -hmm. Um, Large parts of the United States. Large parts of the United States, the Caribbean or Caribbean. um, I think even some, some places in Africa Mm -hmm. speak Spanish. I mean, it's, it's a big language. It's an old language and it's Latin based. It uses the Roman alphabet. it's, it's, I would say it's more pretty than Hebrew, even though I, I, I like Hebrew. Once you, once you start learning it, it's really beautiful, but Hebrew sounds really quirky when you start learning. Like it, it, it's not really pleasant to listen to at first, but then you like it later. But Spanish, like it's, it's really melodic. Um, not quite as melodic as Italian, but you know, it's got a nice rhythm and it's really fun and it's fast paced and, you know, there's so much cultural stuff that comes with Spanish yeah. because you got all this topographical differences, all these cultural differences, all these different histories, all these, I mean, um, 
So my first Spanish teacher, she was from cute, from Colombia. And, um, she said like culturally it was so different, like going into the different areas, even their accents were different. She said, like, she said, you could tell just by someone speaking like a simple sentence where they were from, like what country, wow. what city, um, even what county, even what town. Wow. Like, wow. Like, can hear it, but not, not everyone is quite that, not everyone can tell quite to that extent, but, um, that's, that's what I've heard happen, but, um, so the accent, even in Spanish is really important and, um, they make fun of it a lot and it's really funny and really fun. And, um, so, I mean, with Spanish too, you have all this cultural stuff because Spain, you know, where we get the word Spanish, um, is right next to Africa. And so you've got that Arabian influence. They, there's a lot, I think it's like 4,000 Spanish words are directly from Arabic. Wow. And, and, um, yeah. And then a lot of Aztec words are in Spanish, like in Central America, um, like maize, obviously, um, and some other really fun ones. And, um, yeah. And then I think depending on where you're at, you also have some African dialects. Um, so it's, it's very, it's kind of like a mixing pot, but it's also so unique. Like even, even though it is, even though there is so much diversity, there's also still authentic identity and, you know, if that makes sense, but yeah, so it's, it's a very cool. And, and, um, so you went to a Middle Eastern language, back to a Romance language, and then you added Chinese. <laughs> How was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kicking my butt. Um, it's, 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 it it's is a very interesting language to listen to. Oh yeah. It is. I mean, same thing. Like Chinese is kind of the same thing at he, with Hebrew is when you first start hearing it, it's so Other. rough sounding. It's yeah. so like, well, especially Chinese because it's all tonal. And so there's a difference between ah and ah, like, those are two completely different words. Yeah. So it's so pigeonholed, mm-hmm. but they don't have a lot of grammar. So it's vague while being specific yeah. from, from what I have seen. I mean, I've only done it for a year and it's a very big language. I think there's 40,000 different characters and there be different character combinations. Yeah. And so they, so it's, it's, um, it, they use characters instead of link letters. Mm-hmm. So they don't have an alphabet. I mean, they have the pinging, but that's just to contextualize how to make sounds. Yeah. And um, it's very interesting. I mean, one thing that I will say for Chinese that I really appreciate is when they sing. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it doesn't make sense as a language until you hear it sung. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is like the only language in the world that makes sense. Like, because it's so beautiful because that's what it's made for like when you just speak you're kind of singing you know it's it's really a wonder like it's really a cool language yeah and it's hard (laughs) I think that's been really hard yeah we have we have uh, we have an awesome awesome Chinese teacher and the Chinese classes have been pretty full honestly it's surprised me how many people have looked for Mandarin and, and found us through that and the, all of it, I think all of our students, bar none, have said, it's hard. It, it's just, it's hard, but it's doable. And mm-hmm. Jade makes it very easy. She's mm-hmm. really a really phenomenal teacher. So 
Um, I know you're going to add in German next year and we can talk about that, but what I will want to get your take on is you've kind of done a deep dive into how to study a language. Um, more, I mean, you're really, you are really phenomenal language student and my hat's off to you. I'm really, I'm, I'm just so proud of your diligence about that. Um, but it's been very interesting to me to see your journey as you've really gone after how to learn a language effectively, especially as you're learning multiple languages at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of an interesting path. Um, we know several people who know multiple languages, um, and, and I think all of them are kind of like, yeah, learning them at the same time is an interesting thing to do. <laughs> interesting mm -hmm. as in like, why would you do that? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you've learned about how to study a language. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is to just talk about how language learning, it, it's obvious how it, it really expands your communication skills to me anyway, mm -hmm. but feel free to share ideas about that, but also how it really expands your creativity and mm -hmm. um, your flexibility and growth mindset, because I think those are skills and tools that we're really going to need in the future. And yeah. while there's all this translating software, you can translate, um, you can translate the analog of a language, but can you really translate the heart yeah. of a That's an interesting thing to think about, you know, especially mm -hmm. um, in this digital age we're entering into, but that was a lot at once. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think we should backtrack a little bit and first talk about um, what language is and then language psychology and then we can address how creativity, how language, you know, changes your creativity. But I think um, from what I found with language, it's, it's not a code. You, I mean, people are like, oh, you can just Google translate it. Yeah. No, you can't. Because yeah. <laughs> you can, but it comes up with interesting things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. Once I, I think it was, I was translating Hebrew and I put in uh, a word and it came out as fatness or, or something like that. And, um, I asked rabbi about it cause it made no sense. Like the lady went and bought a fatness that, that doesn't make sense. Or, or she caught a fatness, something like that. And I asked rabbi about it and he's like, uh, no, no, that word means cold or, or something like that. It was, it was completely opposite, but the algorithm didn't notice it. Yeah. And I think that's, be I mean, so I did coding, um, the year before I started this, this challenge. Um, I like not, not computer coding, but just decoding like yeah. what they use in world war two and stuff. Um, I still need to learn Morse code, but it's, it's on my to-do list. Um, but I just did like basic codes, like Caesar's code, um, Edgar Allan Poe's code, mm -hmm. um, even runes like Jared Tolkien's runes yeah. and just learned the principles of decoding. And that helped me. Um, I would say quite a bit with language because it taught me pattern recognition. And so it taught me when I'm reading and listening to a piece of a story to find the word that repeats and then find the context in English and then realize, oh, they're saying said like, like that was really helpful when, when I was doing Chinese or when I am doing Chinese, like, yeah. so it's been really helpful for that. But, um, a code is not a living thing. Right. It's just a pattern. It's just, it's, it's numbers. It's numerical based, mm -hmm. but 
but a language it's living because it's dealing with people because people change and people acquire knowledge and that changes culture and that changes ideas. And so words change. I mean, even like, what's a good example? Like the word gay, Mm -hmm. like it used to mean someone who's really happy. Like it used to be a good word to mean something joyful. And now it means, you know, it means homosexuality and homosexuals, they suffer because they're torn Mm -hmm. between what they know is right and their struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think, so, so I think that's an important distinction between code and language. Mm -hmm. And, um, so language, I would also say is a mode of thinking. It's a living thing and it's a mode of thinking. So, um, and this this kind of pours into the psychology of language. So when you learn a new language, you now have a little Hebrew guy talking to you all the time. Um, and so, um, Gabriel Reiner talks about this in Fluent Forever. I highly recommend it. It's a really great book. Um, he talks about this in Fluent Forever where as soon as you learn a language, you have this little person talking to you all the time in Hebrew or French or whatever. And so now that your brain has learned that, that mode of thinking, it now has to figure out how to shut it up because you can't live with two people talking to you all the time, but you have your English, you have that little English guy talking to you all the time. And then you have that little Hebrew guy talking to you all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, so your brain now needs to think now that it has created these two pathways, how to turn one off mm-hmm. and then how to turn it on. Mm-hmm. So it has to learn, it has to learn, it has to learn learning and then it has to learn discipline. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's a lot. And so a lot, a lot of language learners and people will tell you, don't learn two languages at once, which I have completely ignored (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because um, there's some science out there, which I'm really hoping is true, that your brain actually learns languages better learning two at once because um, it doesn't need to do as much trailblazing. Because what I have noticed just like observing myself while doing Hebrew and Spanish is my brain is going, it's trying to supplement Hebrew when I'm doing Spanish. And I'm like, no, that's not the right word. So then it'll start being like, okay. And then, and then pulling the information that it's taking in and putting it even deeper. Mm -hmm. So it's having to go into long term memory because otherwise it puts it in this state of panic. And that is one thing that your brain absolutely hates. Um, and, and they talk about that in, um, Fluent Forever as well is putting your brain into intentionally putting your brain into a state of panic so that it'll automatically put your vocabulary into your long-term memory. Mm. Um, and that actually is a great way to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so, um, it, I would also say learning two languages at once it's really helpful because you're able to constantly do compare and contrasting Mm. because, and, and that's, that's one thing that you can't really, I mean, you can do it um, learning a language one by one, but it's also learning a language one by one. It's easier to forget the language that you already learned. And um, so learning two at a time 
I mean, it's so much easier and it, it teaches you what questions to ask. So because I'm learning Hebrew, Middle Eastern language and Chinese and Asian language, I, I now know to ask questions like, um, oh, what was a good one? So do, do adjectives depend on gender? Do, um, numbers depend on gender? Do numbers change where they go at? Like ordinal numbers go in front or behind the noun? Do cardinal numbers go in front or behind the noun? So, I mean, those are kind of silly questions. And at first you feel kind of awkward asking them, but as you learn, it's like, those are so important because you'll make a really dumb mistake. Like instead of saying there are 11 cows, you say there are cows 11, which you just really, you just really illustrated how learning a second language develops your creativity um, and critical thinking skills, because for one, you're expanding your vocabulary in so many different directions, like with grammar and just your use of ordinal and cardinal numbers, but also which, where does the adjective go in relationship to the noun? Um, and then how do you speak it in which language? And, and like you said earlier, it's really about culture. Like you're learning the culture. So where a culture puts the adjectives Mm -hmm. really shows what that culture values in some simplistic way, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And how they think. Yeah. How they think. So you're really stretching your brain. You're really teaching your brain, Mm -hmm. giving your, your brain tools to have that growth mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't know it goes before the noun this time, but I just have to ask the question and learn where to put it next time or the fourth time or the fifth time. Yeah. That's one thing with language learning you don't get it on the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which can often be very embarrassing, but you know, yeah. And it teaches you to fail and failing is really important to creativity because it teaches you, you can retry and you can keep going. I would also say too, like, um, language is a different mode of thinking. And that is really, I mean, I already said that, but it's really important to take into context because Okay, and so far from what I have seen in no other language in the world, do you say I have? None. I have? Yeah, you don't say I have. You say there is to me. Because nobody, from what, so far from what I have seen, nobody believes that you can own something. You are given something. Mm. And that, that for me was huge, Mm -hmm. like to realize. Because in Latin, you have that. And in English, you have that. Um, but in Hebrew, you don't have that in Spanish. You don't have that from what I can tell in Chinese. You don't have that. I know in a lot of, um, and, uh, native American, and I think in a lot of African, they don't have that. They have, there is to me, which also is a lot more biblical because you're saying it comes from God. It's not mine. I can't create anything. Mm-hmm. I can just do, I can just steward what I am given. And if it gets taken away, well, I didn't own it in the first place. And if I get to keep it, then I get to glorify God with it. That is my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really kind of life-changing for me. Well, not life-changing, but like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's life-changing, but it isn't life-changing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say too, like learning languages really deepens your faith mm-hmm. and really deepens your calling too. I mean, growing up, a lot of people were like, oh, if you become a missionary, then you're, you're so amazing and wonderful and have a a special place in God's heart, which I do agree with that, but that is kind of false advertising because as soon as you're a Christian, you are automatically a missionary, just default. 
you're automatically because you have claimed Jesus. And so people are looking at you and by becoming a Christian, you, you are wearing the name of God. You're wearing the name of Jesus. And so if you sin, if you turn away, people are looking at you and saying, is that Jesus? And I mean, that has been something very interesting with Hebrew. Like they, they still are not happy about the crusades because they associate that with Christianity Mm -hmm. and that like that really, they are not happy about it still today. And so they associate the, yeah, yeah, yeah. they still associate the crusades with the name of Jesus. And so if we just pigeonhole our faith and say that, you know, being a missionary is for certain people and not for all people, Mm -hmm. then we have kind of demoted what it is to live as Christ and learning another language really gives you so much more opportunity to, to share the gospel. I mean, in obvious ways, but also to live the gospel mm-hmm. in different cultures in different climates in different, um, political environments. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it opens your horizons in so many different ways. And it also gives you the opportunity to see fellow believers around the world and how they deal with stuff and how they think about having something given to you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the reasons why I decided to learn Chinese is I knew it was important to learn an Asian language. And so I was thinking, you know, which one? And I decided on Mandarin one because um, it's, it's such a used language. But for another, um, you hear a lot of stories on how grateful the just the Chinese culture is in general, but, um, like how gratitude is really their gift, how they really understand, you know, you don't get, you don't get stuff by default. So the stuff that you get, you should value. Mm -hmm. And, um, another reason is you hear a lot of stories about, um, Christian Chinese Christians and how much they're willing to put up with and how much faith that they have. And so one of the reasons why I want to learn Chinese is I want to learn how to have that gratitude and how to have that faith. Mm. And so I think that's, I think it's really important when you start to learn language, why you're learning that language Mm -hmm. and, and like your brothers and sisters in Christ in that language. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, so it sounds to me like you're just, you're saying learn a second language and prepare to be changed. Yeah. Like yeah. it's going to change you. It's going to change the way you think and it's going to change your heart. So yeah. you know, if you're open to what God's going to do through that language learning, it can really change a lot of things for you. Um, yeah. What is your number one tip for people who are intimidated about learning a second language, but want to give it a go? Um, number one tip. Um, well, if they know math or if they like to garden or if they like science or if they like music, they already know a second language. Huh? They, I mean, we're all bilingual. Right? If, and if, they know, <laughs> if they know comedy, then yeah. they already know a second language. And all of those things are going to be, if you love those things, learning a second language is going to completely open those up to you mm-hmm. because you're going to see other people doing those things, how they do those things, what they think about those things, how they approach them. Mm-hmm. 
how they live those things out. And that is one of my favorite things about learning a language is how it opens up your favorite stuff. Like, um, <laughs> I love you have gardening. a smile on your face and I know you're thinking about gardening. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love, um, asking Rabbi and, um, Mrs. Quintana about the plants that they see there. I mean, gardening, I don't think is Rabbi's, you know, wheelhouse, but um, it's fun to hear his stories and, you know, they, they saw camels in their backyard once and stuff like that. Like, it's so cool seeing the nature or and hearing about the nature. And then, um, Mrs. Quintana was talking about how they see hummingbirds in their backyard all the time. They live in Mexico. And so all year round, they're seeing hummingbirds and stuff like that. And that is so fun. And, um, Mrs. Chow, she's from China. Um, I want to say, she explained it to me once, but I, I kind of followed, but I don't know. Um, I think she kind of lives, um, in the Gobi desert. Yeah. That's where she grew up kind of like really on the tip yeah. of the Gobi desert, like, um, at the beginning of the Gobi de- desert. And she said they have camels there in China and the Gobi desert. And she said, you can ride a camel if you want. Wow. And it's a big tourist city and stuff like that. And so it's so cool to hear about that. And, um, because I'm a big gardener, you know, China is really interesting to me because, you know, um, we get some mulberry kinds from there. We also like the Chinese honeysuckle. We actually have some in our backyard and that it's really interesting to hear about the plants from China and then from Europe and how they grow differently, how they compete with other plants differently and stuff like that. And so, that in that area has been really fun and um comedy of course is another love of mine and um it's been really cool seeing that like in hebrew rabbi and i both love hagashash haibail there i love yagashashivail which i just butchered their name of but i don't even speak hebrew and i'm laughing out loud they're so they're so fun they're so creative it's so fun to listen to they do they're a comedy and a musical group a trio and they are so funny and so their music is so fun and I'll put a link in the show notes yeah so Hannah I um how, what's your tip out of all of this I mean you said if you know these things you already know a second language are you yeah. it sounds like you're saying don't be intimidated because you know more than you you know more than you think you know is that really what you're saying you know more and as soon as you tap into the thing that you love yeah. in that other language it's it's going to make sense. It's, it's going to be so fun. And it's, I mean, a lot of linguists, the way that they learn languages is they live it. They, so a lot of linguists, what they do is they set aside three months and they live the language for those three months. So they cook for three months, the foods of that, or they dress up like that, or, you know, they talk to only friends who speak that language, or they only watch movies in that language you know, I mean, it's a lot, it's just living. It's just living. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not necessarily immersion, but when you grew up and you you learned English, you were immersed. Right. You were only talked to in that language. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not as difficult as people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. It's just being willing to think differently Mm -hmm. and being willing to live differently. And I mean, learning language too, I mean, it may not be for everyone, 
you know, maybe you're supposed to focus more on something else, but I think studying another language is for everyone. Is for everybody. Yeah. I mean, well, it just, it expands your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It expands your ability to understand people from different cultures and adapt and adapt and overcome um, so many great soft skills. But I think it really does um, help our kids realize they're going to be living and working in a global world, in a global culture. Hannah, one of the things we were talking about the other night is that you talk to somebody in Mexico and in Israel every single week from South Dakota. That's kind of crazy. And I think our, our world is just going to become more global. It's going to be, you know, the world is accessible to us. Mm-hmm. Computer, Google Translate can only go so far. But yeah. even if we just know a simple like, hello, how are you in someone else's language? And, yeah. And that means the world to people. Yeah. It's just, it's just like a little bit of small talk in that language. Yeah. Because you have, you have taken the time to learn that that little phrase yeah that is full of decency and just general kindness it's really simple right. but it's just it's just a little bit of decency and you've taken the time to learn that and speak to them and speak to their heart and if they're from another country and they they're now in this new country in a different language that's going to mean the world to them yeah. because they're they're in all this unfamiliarity mm-hmm. and you've just given them this little gift of this little familiarity yeah. and this little remembrance yeah. 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 Rachel Margion says the same thing. She's yeah. a French teacher and she's like, just learn one simple phrase. It just means mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could talk about language for a long time. You've given us a lot of resources and I'm going to put those in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so this year you're going to continue studying Hebrew. You're going to continue studying Spanish mm-hmm. and Chinese and you're adding German this year. Mm-hmm. So good job. Yeah. Way to go. I would say one more thing too is Learning another language is going to teach you manners because you're going to have to be nice. You're going to have to be willing to speak with decency. And it's also, it's really kind of taught me small talk. Like, mm. and and I live in an area, they're all Norwegian. They're all German. They don't do small talk. They they hardly even do talk talk. They, they just, they look at each other and they grunt at each other. And sometimes they say hi, you know, mm. it's very minimalistic in, in the word department. Yeah. But, but learning, you know. Hebrew and Spanish, those are both very talkative, warm climate cultures. And it's really taught me, like, just ask, how's your mom? Yeah. You know, like, how, how is your dog? How many cats do you have? You know, just simple stuff like that, you know? Yeah. 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 And then you, and then you have a conversation, you have a friendship mm-hmm. and some of those can be long, long lasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, if you guys have any questions about the show, we'd love to talk to you. Go check out our amazing foreign language department. We offer Latin, German, Spanish, French, Hebrew, and Chinese K through 12. Our teachers are literally world-class teachers. So you can take French from a a teacher in Italy, Spanish from a teacher in Mexico, Hebrew from a rabbi in Israel. It is so good. Um, Hannah, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, bye, you guys. See you later. We're so honored that you're listening and that you share this podcast, Life Skills 101, with your friends and family. Every time you share the show and post about it, it really makes our day. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can subscribe so that you get alerted to each and every show. 
leave a review for this podcast, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. We're so honored that you're listening. Until next time, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. We'll talk to you soon.